This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor and all the good folks who love to stir the pot. Good morning, Malcolm White here with Carol Palmer. Today we will be your guides through Mississippi and the great American South's wonderful, ever-expanding food landscape. Since 1962, Campbell's Bakery has served sweet treats in the city of Jackson. Today on the show, we will be joined by Damian Kavicki and his wife, who is not going to join us, but Mary Sanders Ferris. They have recently bought Campbell's, and we'll talk about that. We'll also have Janet Wagner, one of our cooking and coping regulars. She's going to talk about air fryers. We're also going to talk about what's going on in your world and in your kitchen. And all you got to do is shoot us an email to food at mpbonline.org. What's been going on in your world, Carol? It's been a good week now. Um, Cooking-wise, not so much. Not so much. Not so much, but I've got plans. You did eat, though, didn't you? I did eat. There were multiple BLTs. Ah, BLTs are always You know, always it's just good. the end of the season. You just can't get enough. Yeah. Unfortunately, my tomato provider ran out early. His his garden burned up early uh, with, I guess, all the heat and the, and the rain and such. So I've been hitting the farmer markets uh, to supplement my tomato yeah. addiction. I've had tomato toast. Mm. Tomato pie, mm. <laughs> tomato sandwiches. Mm. That all sounds good. <laughs> so you hit the market. Yeah, just to make sure. You know, I go down to the fairgrounds there, the Mississippi Farmer's Market, and uh, make sure I don't run out of tomatoes for as long as they are available. But, you know, uh, at my house, I grilled chickens yesterday out on the grill, and uh, Kara made this phenomenal pasta salad. And if you want to know about it, you can go to Cooking and Coping on Facebook, and she photographed it. And shared it with our family. Well, I'm headed right there. Yeah, and you'll know all about this amazing pasta salad that she made. Well, hey, I've got a question yeah. for you. Did anybody sneak zucchini onto your porch last week because it was national sneak zucchini on your neighbor's porch? Yeah, I looked everywhere. I turned over every pillow. Under, I looked under all the furniture, and no, no one snuck. No one either. Any zucchini onto my porch. I went to the market, and there had been a run on zucchini. Ah, it's all had, Elaine Trigiani's fault. Yes, I had to buy yellow squash. Which she said she was going to try this recipe that that she talked about. Did we share that thing, Java? We did. did. The, is it the the zucchini? Yeah, the, the zucchini recipe. The zucchini parmigiani. And parmigiani. Parmigiani. <laughs> so Java, how do people access the recipe? Well, yeah, if you want to um, subscribe to the podcast, it'll come to your phone through your you know favorite podcasting app, and it's a link on there. I know if you use Apple Podcasts, you can click the link in the description, or you can go to deepsouthdining.mpbonline.org and like. All of our episodes are up there. Great. Great. Well, you know, today is a day that makes me think of you. Yeah. Well, I bet it has something to do with lemon pie. It does. It is <laughs> National Lemon Meringue Pie wow. Day. And I, I remember the days of Mockingbird Bakery in mm. Greenwood, and I was working there, and you would call me on Friday mornings yes. and ask if I were driving back to Jackson. Please. And would I bring a pie for you? I love a good lemon Meringue pie. Of it's course something to celebrate. And today is National Lemon Meringue Pie Day, so perhaps I will find a slice throughout the day somewhere. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, I want to introduce our listeners to Damien Kavicki. Damien is the executive chef um, uh, out at the Country Club of Jackson, Mississippi. He is His official title is he is the director of culinary operations. Uh, he and his wife, Mary Sanders Ferris, have recently bought Campbell's Bakery, which is a historic and landmark uh, eatery here in Jackson. But um, <clears throat> Damien grew up in New Orleans. Uh, he began cooking in high school and ended up in culinary school at Johnson and Wales in Providence, Rhode Island. He traveled all about the country and ended up in Asheville, North Carolina, where he owned a couple of restaurants of his own and later was executive chef at the Biltmore Estates. Carol, you know about the Biltmore? I know about the Biltmore, and I know about Asheville, and what a lively independent restaurant scene they have. And we are blessed that uh, Damien has relocated here to the bold new city, uh, Jackson, the city with soul, and uh, has married Mary Sanders Ferris, and... uh, they have hit the ground running. So welcome uh, to Deep South Dining, Damien Kavicki. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're glad you're here. So uh, it's Mary Sanders' birthday. Do I have that right? It is coming up this week. Okay. She mentioned that she was going to be out of town because of a birthday. So traveling for uh, for work purposes um, slash coincidence. Co- coincidentally, it's also her birthday week. Oh. So she's... Kind of taking a much-needed, uh, very brief break. And she's yeah. at Market, correct? Market in New York City. Yeah. Um, she's going to come back energized. You know, traveling always energizes, I think, yeah. all of us, but especially going to New York and, you know, being stimulated by the design there. And uh, I told her to bring me back some uh, everything bagels uh, from Russ and Daughters <laughs> yep. and make sure it's properly sealed. And right. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, you and Mary Sanders both have had a huge impact on our uh, culinary community and Mary Sanders design work in restaurants needs to be praised. Yeah, here. so many. Uh do you know the list, Damien, of all of the uh operations that Mary Sanders has has put her hand on? I know it was Fine and Dandy, Sophomore Spanish Club, uh it's Cultivation Food Hall. Cultivation. I think the earliest one in Jackson was the original Bobaloo, which it's since been, you know, sold and kind of redesigned. Right. Um, but that was the first in Jackson. Um, but then, you know, several other ones in Fondren, um, Dumbo's and uh and I can't I there are yeah. a lot. I have right. to look at the website. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Tuck Tuck Boom. Tuck Tuck Boom. And speaking of Tuck Tuck Boom, Carol, you and yeah. Damien have something in common well, here. We, we do. didn't know about my, until my we nephew, were. My nephew, Will Puckett, is one of the partners in Tuck Tuck Boom. They're two partners. Mm-hmm. And Mary Sanders designed that place. It is the most whimsical, interesting space. I, I don't know what else to say, but. One of the you things, can. one of the things that um, that I think makes her really good at what she does uh, is she really gets to know the owner or understand where the chef's sort of perspective and point of view is coming from, and applies that to the design. Um, it really gets in the space after it's been drawn on AutoCAD. She still goes in the space and you know finishes it up, you know, in person, you know, doing edits uh, as she kind of concludes the process to really kind of I think customize it and make it unique. Well, Tuk Tuk Boom is a Thai-ish or Asian restaurant, small restaurant in Highland Village. But she also did the line of product, of paper products, and yeah, everything goes goes together. It, it's just it's yeah. beautiful. 
Ferris and Company does uh, does branding also, so um, everything from logo design uh, to f I think they designed the the actual font used for the menu uh, with her team. Um, they uh, do website design, so pretty much you know, it's a one stop. You know, if you're opening a restaurant or you know uh, any kind of commercial business, um, they can. She's your gal. Absolutely. So, Damien, you run the kitchen uh, uh, and all the culinary operations at the Country Club of Jackson, and uh, it is no secret to anyone uh, that uh, we are struggling here in uh, the city with soul with our water situation. And at Hallam Mouths, we, we've had to use canned drinks and bottled water and make sure that our tea machine and our coffee machine uh, heat the water up to 212, I believe, is boiling. And so that we can safe serve those uh, beverage products. So, what measures or how has this impacted your work at the Country Club? Well, you know we're really fortunate at the Country Club. Uh, there's a, a water supply that's on site for the Country Club, so oh, okay. they are uh, people are going to hate, <laughs> hate that. <laughs> but, um, you know. Uh, at Campbell's, you know, the, the kitchen's a great place to boil water. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, we have we have resources for that. But, um, you know, it's the same challenges that everybody else has. It, it would be um, it would be great to kind of to, to move on from this. And, mm -hmm. you know, we certainly support that. Now, at Campbell's, which y'all have already taken over the operation of, correct? We have. Mm -hmm. You use a lot of water in baking, I would assume. I don't know. I don't do much baking. So it and that's in the city and does not have a separate water supply, right? So how how has the staff there responded to this crisis? Well, like everyone else, you know, we're um, bringing in you know water to you know to use uh, to serve. Um, you know, we don't have to use a lot of the water that we use is for washing, um, you know, wear washing and you know things like that in the, mm -hmm. in the dish area. So um, it has you know it has been an adventure, and you know we're working through it. Uh, like everybody else is right now, right? Yeah, it's every it's day. Really hurting so many people. It's yeah, and so there's many of our restaurants. That's right. There's been a lot of talk about this. Uh, Jeff Good has, has and others, Stephen O'Neill, and a variety of other young restaurateurs around the, the city are really calling on state and local government to to come up with a solution. And and um, you know, leadership comes from where leadership comes from. And I'm proud of the restaurant industry for sort of taking this topic and, uh, and and standing up and saying, you know, what do we need to do? What can we expect? Where do we need to go? What's next? And uh, making preparations. You know, it's like any crisis. It's got to be dealt with, whether it's COVID uh, or Hurricane Katrina. Uh, crisis is a crisis is a crisis. And the water crisis is real, and we we need to deal with it. And if anybody has comments or suggestions uh, you know people come in Hallamouse and they tell me all the time you ought to dig your own well i'm like oh sure oh, right <laughs> <laughs> uh, but i have heard of because a, you have so much capital yeah <laughs> just, just go and dig a well they said well they're doing it at the fairgrounds i don't know why you can't dig your own well but uh uh damon you may know something about that i, I was told by a plumber that there is a filtration system that you can attach at the water supply so that all water that comes into your building is is filtered out there. Do you know anything about such technology? I've heard about that. I um, worked at a place that had a reverse osmosis system, and I don't know if that's maybe what you're referring to, but I have not worked with one firsthand. Mm -hmm. um, back in North Carolina, um, there were grocery stores that would 
uh, you could go by, fill up your jugs of water, you know, through the, the reverse osmosis system. So mm-hmm. uh, that was really popular. But cool. So um, now you grew up in New Orleans, is that right, Damien? So I grew up in uh, in old Algiers, Algiers Point. Ah, on the point. That was uh, yeah, as a child. So till till about um, middle school, and then I moved back um, after high school. Worked in the French Quarter, so. Uh, it's interesting, you know, to go back there. And when, when I went back for the first time after being gone for a long time, uh, you know, so many things that I'd forgotten uh, were kind of activated, you know, in, you know, and, and not just in a culinary way, but just, you know, talking talking about, you know, traveling and getting energy, you know, from from from, from cities um, is really inspirational. So, as I know, everybody in Jackson is a regular in New Orleans. Oh too, yeah. Which is, yeah, it's our culture center. I have uh, a list so. going of restaurants in my phone uh, for you know all the restaurants in New Orleans that are you know necessary to to go to, and everybody else does. So it's <laughs> a lot of fun to share those lists. And uh, I think one of the great things about New Orleans too is uh, the the classic cuisine of the city. Of course, is wonderful, but there's so other cuisines are represented so well. Um, you know the, the, the spectrum, you know, of, of and the variety is is uh, really great for a city of size. I know you're a, a fan of Indian food. Do you find good Indian food in New Orleans? Yeah, down on Magazine Street, uh, Saffron is um, one of the few fine dining Indian places uh, that I've seen, which is great to see. A lot of times, you know, uh, Indian food, Thai food, Chinese food, um, it's not presented, you know, in a fine dining setting and. Um, and that's fine too, but uh, they are doing traditional food with uh, Indian food with um, a little bit of a, uh, of an upscale twist. So, really enjoyable, and uh, the craft of cooking is you know really well represented there. I've actually sent one of my young cooks who uh, works with us at the Country Club down there to do a stage mm-hmm. for a few days, and he came back very inspired. Explain to our listeners what a stage is. That's a, a culinary term. In the old days, um, I'm not super old, but I can remember going to the back door of a kitchen, knocking and saying, uh, hey, I'm looking for a job. I'll come in and work a shift for free. Let me show you what I can do. I'll do whatever you need. And um, I did that a few times and, and actually got jobs that way. So, you know, it's kind of a tryout basically for uh, a job in the kitchen. Um, and you don't see it a lot anymore, but you know, it's uh, also now I think a good use of it is to, you know, like I said, just to bring someone into the kitchen so they can experience a different kitchen or uh, a different cuisine or to be around really good habits. You know, uh, we do it now, too, where you know, there might be another restaurant or another country club that says, hey, I'd like my grill guy to come kind of shadow, you know, your line for a couple of days and, mm-hmm. you know, pick up some things uh, on operations and processes and whatnot. So, um and then I think also, you know, trying out uh, for a job could include cooking. And that's uh, generally, you know, uh, what I've experienced as well. So uh, you come in, make a dish. Sometimes it's a mystery box. Sometimes you just come in and cook whatever you want to cook based on what's in there. And that's equally stressful because trying to figure it out on the fly, you know, without uh, giving a list to the uh, restaurant of what you might want to have on hand to make your dish. Um, but I love cooking that way, though. I love, you know, going into the store, or the cooler, and saying, okay, what do we have? And let's figure out something let's with that. Let's figure it out. Mm-hmm. Stodges are, were, or are a big part of cooking schools, I mean, culinary schools. I'm, I'm wondering how many stodges you worked when you were at Johnson & Wales, if that was part of your curriculum. No, so the um, I didn't do any when I was in culinary school, but, um, you know, throughout, you know, traveling and, you know, 
I think the worst one, uh, not the worst one, but the most uh, intense one was I had to prepare a seven-course meal. And then while I was uh, in the middle of preparing that, um, they wheeled in a half speed rack um, and said, hey, there's some things on this speed rack here. We need you to make an additional three courses, but you don't, you're not given any extra time. So uh, that was – I was moving. It sounds like Iron Chef. <laughs> <laughs> that Precursor. Yeah. Yes. So everything since that day has seemed easy. Uh, <laughs> um, I wanted to touch on Asheville just a little bit. Uh, you spent some time there, and it is a great independent restaurant city. And I guess I've been thinking that Fondren could have a little bit of that flavor of independently owned restaurants and you know, keeping Campbell's Bakery. That That's a real boost to that. Yeah, you know, I, w- I was sitting there uh, a few weeks ago in Campbell's and uh, working on something uh, uh, on my laptop, but looking out the window and just feeling, you know, it was reminding me of Asheville a little bit. Um, and in that way, every restaurant um, is, you know, an independent restaurant down there. I mean, there's a couple of other ones that are not independent that are kind of, but you don't really notice those. You notice the ones that, you know, have that personality and the heart and the soul. And it's a lot of what I like about Campbell's. So uh, we put, put a post on uh, Cooking and Coping and also put a post on my personal Facebook page. And I began asking my friends uh, who had an air fryer and how it worked and they liked it or not. And I found out through this conversation that one of our very own, Janet Wagner, who is one of our cooking and coping friends, who uh, is quite a chef, quite a cook, uh, had, had experience with that. And so we invited her to come on this morning and share with us. But before we do that, Damien, what's your experience with the old air fryer? <laughs> <laughs> Um, well, I've never used one. There you go. Uh, <laughs> like us. <laughs> so all three of us have never used one. I've heard good things. Everybody that I know that has one really likes it. I've never heard anybody say anything bad about it. Um, so, um, yeah. I, so there you go. Yeah. I, I, they have a big fan base and big following, it seems. Yeah. yeah. After the show, I actually went to Walmart at Vicks, in Vicksburg to go buy an air fryer because I was going to impress Java and Malcolm by trying it out and making some things this week. But I, I, I was just, my mind was blown by this whole wall of air fryers. There were all different prices up to even like $300. There hmm. were some cheaper. But, you know, you just stand there and, and you're not knowing features and benefits. Some of them are actually toaster oven style. Right. And the other ones are the cylindrical bucket type style. So... Well, you know, Carol, those um, air fryers are like a, a what they call maybe a victim of the pandemic because people were at home, so the stores were ordering so much, so many of them. And now when they started slowing down, people stopped buying them. So you can get them. There are tons ah, available and, and not, not nice little prices. Yes. Yeah, and nice as, prices. As I went and searched online, I found some that were like under under a hundred dollars, but I've got a study on this Java to, to know which air fryer is for me. And it's a relatively new appliance. You know, Java and I were talking before the show, remembering when the George Foreman uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, cooker came in style. I, and I was sharing with uh, Java. I remember when the microwave was introduced and these were new technologies and they had to be experimented with. And, and now comes the air fryer, which 
was introduced in 2010. Yeah. Um, at a uh, consumer electronics fair in in Berlin by the Philips company. But uh, it didn't take off. Didn't, no, it did not. But by 2018, the term air fryer was starting to be used as a generic term, not just a trade name. So we think of it as a new appliance, and some of our listeners are very curious about it. And this brings us to introducing uh, our great friend Janet Wagner, who's on the phone. Good morning, Janet. How in the world are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Thank you for having me. What's cooking in Janet's kitchen? Well, nothing right now. I'll be cooking, I'm sure, after a while. But right now, I haven't started. All right. Well, you're familiar with the air fryer. Tell us a little bit about your experience. Okay. First of all, I'm not a pro on air fryers, but I do have one. I have the Power Air Fryer Pro Elite Mm -hmm. from QVC, and it is more like the toaster oven, a bigger toaster oven. It comes actually with three racks in it, and I like it better than the basket. I've used the basket one. The basket one is so small, you can't get much in it. With this, you can. This one is also a rotisserie uh, dehydrator. Hmm. It does tricks. Yeah, it's a very tricky machine. Multitasking. (laughs) Yeah, it does. But I use it, first of all, what the air fryer does, it has a heating mechanism and a fan. So when you place the food in there and you turn it on, hot air rotates around the food and cooks it. Now, you do need to preheat it before you put the food in there because it cooks the food pretty fast. Okay. So I preheat mine before I put my stuff in it. It's wonderful for pizzas and heating up pizzas, uh, frozen things for the kids. I have one grandchild that all he eats are corn dogs. So we put <laughs> I know. Don't laugh, Malcolm. Oh, I've got two grandkids. I know about corn dogs. He eats corn dogs and spaghettios. Anyway, <laughs> but anyway, it's great for things like that, um, like frozen coconut shrimp that you get at Costco, hmm. uh, fish fillets, things like that. Uh, I use mine mostly for heating and right. not that much for cooking. Now, the other day. I was cooking with some kids, and we made chimichangas. And what we did was we air-fried one, and then we deep-fried one to see which way we liked it the best. Oh, very clever. We liked it in the air-fryer better. There you go. Now and you... when you put, go ahead. put something in the air-fryer, you're going to need to spray it with a little bit of oil or something, mm-hmm. and that's going to give it more of a crispiness to it. Well, one of my main reasons for wanting one is to cook one of my favorite dishes, which are okra fries. Mm. And Malcolm, I've cooked okra fries for you, an Indian recipe. Uh, I'll let you remember. I, it, I bet it, Damien knows the name of the Indian recipe with okra. Oh, um, I yes. do that one that Chai Pani does in in Asheville. But, yeah. you know, you roast or fry the strips of okra, and then you toss it with Indian seasonings. And uh, Malcolm and our friend Leanne Galt were eating mm. at a dinner party at my house. And between <laughs> Donna Barksdale, Leanne, and Malcolm, they never made it never to made the it table. Never made it to the table. But I, I thought hear, it was a kitchen hors d'oeuvre. Yeah. 
<laughs> I hear that uh, that okra in an air fryer is really wonderful. One of my favorite things to do with uh, okra, uh, besides bindi masala, you know, eating it that way is wonderful, um, is just take it whole and grill it, a really hot grill. So just fresh, you know, I've, I was at a farmer's market in Asheville years ago, and I asked the farmer selling the okra, I was like, what do you like to do with your okra? And he just picked one up and he just like bit it. And he's like, sometimes I just slice it and eat it raw with a little bit of, you know, vinaigrette. Um, and I don't love it that way, but, uh, you know, there's a, just a really simple way to just toss it with oil, salt, pepper. Um, you have some, you know, herbs uh, that you want to put on it. Uh, any level of spice. We've even blackened it too on, mm-hmm. uh, in a cast iron skillet and just having it whole like that. It's delicious. So, Janet, your homework is to try okra in the air fryer this week. I will. I'm going to Doris Berry's tomorrow and I will buy some. Uh, I was there the other day and bought some. I had three kids with me and I said, do y'all want anything else that we haven't gotten? And the nine-year-old looked at me and said, can we get okra? Said, now yeah, that that okra. is unusual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, kids well, don't normally eat slimy to... things. No. And I'll tell you what, the okra would be great in this air fryer. Because I used to just cut it and drizzle it with the olive oil, and then um, I uh, sprinkled something called garlic carne on it. That back when I had my uh, catering and restaurant, we used to order it from uh, uh, Gilroy, California. And I oh, that's the garlic capital of the country. Exactly, and I still order this like, you know, two cases at a time, and those great big things. I use it out everything it is unbelievable and i sprinkled that on it and roasted it but if i did it in the air fryer i think it would be actually crispier yep. than if if you did it the other way have you tried chicken in it i hear that's a really good dish to do now, i have not cooked raw chicken in it i have this thing where i take chicken breast and of course you know you get those big old chicken titties and they're so thick <laughs> I, I cut them and i do them you know in half lengthwise and then i put them in buttermilk and uh flour with the um uh, cajun seasoning and all and then i fry them and then to heat them up i stick them in this air fryer for a few minutes unbelievable mm. and then i'll put them in a bowl and i made a fresh uh, pasta sauce with canning tomatoes a couple of weeks ago with seven children. I had tomatoes everywhere. But we made three huge pots of this fresh tomato sauce, you know, with onions and fresh basil and all fresh tomatoes. And I did it the other night and put that chicken breast that had been fried in here. And then I took it and put it in a bowl and put that um, tomato sauce on it and then some uh, uh, mozzarella cheese and stuck it in the air fryer. It was fabulous. Hmm. It sounds great. And, uh, Janet, I just want to tell our listeners a little bit about how we know each other. And you are a better woman than I because you can teach children. And, (laughs) uh, you know, for many years at the Everyday Gourmet, I just was in awe of you and the other people that could get back in that kitchen and and teach kids. But I first got to know you in the early 80s when I opened the Everyday Gourmet, and you would drive from, was it Brookhaven? No, I lived in Jackson. Oh, you, were living, oh, you were living in Jack. okay. And, and you would come to uh, 
you know, to the cooking school and take classes. And then after a year or so, you started assisting. And after a couple of more years, you started teaching. So, you know, I really look at you as one of my culinary inspirations and see how you started with something that's a hobby and have really made a career out of it. And all the children that you have taught are better for it. Absolutely. Well, I love working with the kids. The other day I had the same seven kids, and we made homemade pizzas. Now, I did use those Pillsbury pizza doughs, but I let I had everything for pizzas, and I let each child pick what they wanted to go on their pizza. And it makes a big difference. They'll take that home and share it with their parents, and it makes them feel good that this is something that they did started doing kids cooking uh, birthday parties. Oh, wonderful. Well, Janet, thank you so much for joining us and I hope that you accept your homework assignment, do the fried okra and in the air fryer and let us know how it goes. Hey Carol, will you send me that picture that uh, recipe for the Indian? I will indeed. And when I get the okra tomorrow, I'll do it two or three different ways. Great. Wonderful. And be sure to share it on cooking and coping. All right, we've got a caller now. Uh, Jesse's calling in from, uh, I don't know where, but it went away. But, hey, Jesse, what's going on? You got an air fryer comment? Yeah, Jesse from Mobile. Mobile, there Jesse, we go. Jesse, hey, we hadn't heard from you in a while. Yeah, I've been listening. So back in the 90s, there was a company called Jetstream. They made a convection oven. It was like a giant clamshell. It had a circular rack, or you could just drop stuff in the pan. But you could boil your eggs without the water. You could fry your bacon, go to the top rack, add whatever you wanted, biscuits on that. It was great for roasting your peanuts during football season. Then they also made a dehydrator. That clamshell design is now morphed to what we see now is a giant egg on the countertop with a drawer you'd open and slide out with the pan. Ah. We have the crock pot version with a big bottom half. I think it was a five, five quart. It's a family size versus a single person size. But French fries and sweet potato fries, which take longer than regular French fries, are great just to flip them about halfway through. Wings heat up just like you put them on the stove or the oven, but you don't have to heat up the whole house. Mm-hmm. Now, the okra, the sliminess, my mother-in-law's from New Orleans, so she always added lemon to take the sliminess out, some chemical reaction happens, and you just get regular okra like you cut it before you started cooking it, and the heat transferred the inside, if that makes any sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good tip. Well, man, appreciate you calling. Appreciate you listening. All right. And, Have uh, a good one. Yeah, man. We're on a roll in Mobile, Alabama. We've got Mikey on the phone. Mobile 2. What's going on, Mikey? Hey, y'all are so great. I'm the initial pesterer with this question. <laughs> I'm sure you recall. Um, oh, yeah. And I so much, I so much appreciate how informative y'all are. I just can't tell you. Um, but I got a couple more questions because you know what they say. Every you know problem leads to a solution. Every solution leads to another problem. <laughs> all right. Um, uh, my, my questions are, um, first of all, is this, this is basically convection cooking. Right? Convection cooking. Is that right? Yeah. Man? If the air is circul if the air fryer is circulating, you know, air, you know, then it would be Hot comparable. Air. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yes. that's I mean that's what was what 
So what's the difference between the earlier um, merchandise um, convection ovens and the, the quote-unquote air fryers? And my other question is, um, listen, I'm with the guy that, listen, my favorite way to eat okra is just to slice it and eat it raw. With oh, some, there you go. Good greens, you know, um, in a salad. Because there is absolutely no slime in it. It, it's like a lot of other things. If you don't try it that way, you're not going to believe it till you do. There now, you my go. second favorite way is pickle, of course. Mm. Again, no slime. You know, not that I mind slime. Sometimes right. I like it. Got to embrace the slime. Okay, I'm I'm looking at the answer to your question, which of course I didn't know, but I'm looking up it up, and it says the difference between air fryers and convection ovens is easy. An air fryer is simply a smaller convection oven with a catchy name. There you go. You heard it first <laughs> on Deep South Dime. Mikey's always, because she was the original air fryer questioner. Correct. Uh, she She's putting Deep South Dining through, through through our paces. That's right. That's <laughs> what we're here for. You know, we live to be put through our paces and to solve riddles and such. But thanks a lot, Mikey, so much for, for listening Calling, sharing, stumping, uh, stumping us, and also on the phone, Charlotte is calling. She also uh, has a air fryer tip and a recipe. Hello, Charlotte. Hello. Uh, I eat Mediterranean diet, and I am an avid uh, user of air fryer. And I'd like to share that frozen okra does wonderfully, and frozen sweet potato fries. And uh, with the sweet potato fries, I add a little cinnamon it not only helps browning it also can help in diabetes and blood sugar control Mm. and with the okra it's good with lemon pepper sprinkled on uh, after it's done and yesterday i did uh, i made up a recipe that did wonderfully i dried towel dried and quartered baby carrots sprinkled with a little oil and added onion powder, garlic powder, freshly ground black pepper, paprika for color and browning, and they were delicious little fries that taste like sweet potatoes, really. Wow. And next time, I'm, I'm going to add cinnamon to those. Very nice. Sounds great. Now, do you have a toaster style or the cylindrical style? Just the traditional. It's a very small one, uh, plastic uh, body. Uh, it was a my daughter gave it to me, and it's just uh, I use it very often, almost every day. So that's the cylindrical bucket style where you pull out, <clears throat> yeah, the bottom. Okay. okay. All right. Well, thanks so much, Charlotte. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling, sharing a recipe, uh, and and some tidbits and some tips <clears throat> on the air fryer. Uh, here are a few uh, air fryer tips for beginning. For beginners, <clears throat> one is purchase the correct size for your family. Do not get an industrial strength air fryer if you're a family of two. And if you're a family of 10, do not get the mini version. Uh, grease your basket. There's a tip for you. Carol? Don't overcrowd your basket. Now, I believe somebody had said that on the phone, but, but that's really important to not overcrowd. And of all the comments that we got on uh, social media, the, the most the, the largest and most repeated was read the owner's manual. Yeah, they're all they're all different. Like they're like Carol said, there you have the basket kind and you have the toaster oven style kind. They're all different. 
Oh, and here here's one uh, that we heard on on the phone call. Preheat the air fryer before adding food. Mm-hmm. You will not be happy if you don't. Right, preheat. Check the food often. Shake or turn halfway through cooking. Keep an eye on it. And someone said, continue to keep it lubricated. Don't know about that. Don't know. Okay, Mal, we've we've got to embrace the air fryer in yeah. some way. Well, at least we've done our due diligence here. Well, yes, we have. we have. If you begin a conversation on Deep South Dining, all roads lead to okra. It happens every time. It does. It's a beautiful thing. It's also a superfood. I mean, not, I'm not sure what qualifies, you know, what the qualifiers are there, but it's very nutrient-dense. And as you guys know, if you've grown it, it grows like crazy. Um, yeah. So. And I love the flower. A lot of people don't know that okra has a beautiful flower. It is. As a plant. And, and another thing I wanted to say briefly before we dive into Campbell's is that uh, I did a little meatloaf research and shared Java with you and Carol. And there was a very important point about making meatloaf, not only to use ground beef with some fat in it so it's not dry, but to add these interesting ingredients, whether it's vegetables, whether you add bread, eggs, binders, barbecue sauce, barbecue sauce, ketchup, A1. But Carol, what was the big point of our reading? To let your meatloaf rest after it's cooked. Right. Do not pull it out of the oven and begin serving it immediately. And Damien, I can see him nodding out the side uh, side of my eyes here because most all meat needs to rest and do not do not stick your knife in there to cut it open to see if it's done (laughs) right it needs to gather the flavors and and, you know let everything penetrate so normally you do that with what any any kind of roast or it's it's really important with uh with with steaks obviously chicken any, any kind of you know quick cooking meat that's cooked over you know high heat so Everything settles back down and redistributes back into you know into the into the meat. So, um, so ketchup or mushroom sauce on meatloaf. Ketchup, ketchup. for me. Red. Okay. What about you? Um, well, I eat uh, meatloaf so infrequently that I don't know. I think I like them both though. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. You know, so, Malcolm. One time, you and I did a meatloaf contest. We always do contests. I know it's it's been a while, but I remember I made. <laughs> John was in there just rolling. <laughs> what does that entail? I mean, <laughs> well, we we were trying to find the best meatloaf recipe, and I made Robert St. John's right. meatloaf. Mm-hmm. And, and you uh, made your own. I made my own, and Robert won. We'll just get that out of the way on okay. the front end. But uh, and hey, speaking of Robert St. John, uh, I attended the WZZQ panel at Dueling Hall uh, Saturday, and Robert was the MC, uh, and it was a beautiful sort of reflection on the radio station Java, the old ZZQ, the <laughs> yes, rock sir. FM station uh, we were famous for here uh, in the city with Soul. But also, Damien mentioned. Uh, restaurants in new orleans and robert has just published his sort of annual restaurant list of his favorite restaurants so if you want to check it out it's on the internet you can look up robert st john and he every year publishes his uh, top restaurants in new orleans he has a place down there he loves to eat and he goes there often so from meatloaf to pedophores let's make the jump and let's talk a little bit, Damien, about Campbell's, the history, your thoughts, uh, your plans. What are you and Mary Sanders And why? And why not? <laughs> um, I love uh, the, the classic American iconic uh, spirit and the heart 
uh, of Fondren. I love walking through downtown in pretty much any city and seeing what stores I come upon. Um, I think that, um, you know, th- these things, these things have, uh, something that resonates that's, you know, the, the businesses that have been around for a while, restaurants that have been around bakeries, there's, there's a story, there is a, a piece of it that, that resonates on a particular level. Um, I think when you go into a bakery, uh, you're already kind of excited, you know, it's like going to get a cup of coffee, you're going out to eat, you're already kind of, you know, anticipating something. And so, you kind of have a head start. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have watched all different kinds of people in the last few days. We just uh, took over on Thursday evening. I watched every different type of person that I could possibly imagine come in, and I love being something that you know uh, is, is connects with you know with everyone. Uh, you know, I've, I've always been um, you know, and I've been cooking since I was 15 years old. You know, in kitchens, so I. Um, I want to, you know, have an expression of, of authenticity, and I think it has had the historical success, um, you know, with the iconic things, uh, the pedophores and and the tea cakes. So those will remain unchanged. Definitely, we'll keep those going as well. Right. Mm-hmm. So high school for me, we would leave Murrah High School and come by Campbell's and get caramel brownies. Yeah, and when I lived on Council Circle, we would walk up to Campbell's with our child and we would grab a cookie after we had gone to brent's drugstore and had a cheese cheeseburger or an egg and olive and signed the ticket because we had a house account and then we'd go up to campbell's now campbell's was opened in 1962 by lewis and jesse campbell Uh, it has uh, had a few owners i think most recently we all knew mitchell moore who owned it but now we have new owners and damien uh, is is that proud owner? Uh, what do you what do you see? I, I know you're going to close it relatively soon and do a little remodeling and such. So the rest of this year, we're going to um, you know we haven't closed down at all, um, and we're going to keep going uh, through until after the holidays, and then we have plans to renovate uh, not only the front of house but also the kitchen uh, to do some things that uh, will allow us to expand uh, production and the offerings, but. The goal is to uh, shut down for as you know as, as a short of a time as possible, uh, to have everything that we need here in Jackson, so we're not you know ha- delayed by uh, waiting on something to come to arrive, uh, equipment-wise or you know. But uh, the big picture is that we I want to I would really like to make it you know product forward to let the product speak for itself. Um, I want to also you know stay in the classic American um, sort of context with uh, the new things that we put out there. So. You know, it's been uh, just a few days now, so we're you know working through some uh, some some different things, but it's really exciting. Um, you know, just being back in the kitchen, it, it, it's 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 a historical place. It is a kitchen with a lot of personality. The mixers are as tall as me, and you know you can kind of climb into one of the bowls. We don't do that, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a place with so much meaning to so many people. So many people have reached out to us, and it's been such a, a, a warm, you know, reception from Jackson. And I've heard so many stories. Um, whether it's you know, the wedding cake came from Campbell's, you know, you know, decades ago, or um, you know, someone was in the other day, and the, their tradition is on the first day of school they come to Campbell's and they get treats, and um, so, and, and many more stories. Hmm. So, for us, it was always a birthday cake, and and. I want to shout out to Vivian Neal, whose birthday is today, and 
she and I bought a lot of birthday cakes from Campbell's because my daughter would have no other. So I know that's a big part of your business. You also have a business of, of events and decorations and doing special events and parties and such, right? At Campbell's, where yeah, I mean, one, one of the ideas that I'd like to look at, and uh, we will, is um, is dessert catering. So that is not yes. uh, happening at this moment. But um, once we get a little bit more time uh, in the building, that would be, I think that would be great to, you know, Friday afternoon, you know, call up and, you know, we can drop and, you know, set up a great display, of, you know, for the office or for a birthday party or something like that. So we'd also like to, uh, we plan to expand the hours. So, you know, opening up on the weekends a little bit later, um, potentially a short day on Sunday. And, uh, you know, as we develop the menu into some different directions, it might lend itself towards opening earlier in the morning as well. So um, it's a lot, a lot going on at Fonder, as you guys know, with, yeah. you know, the Capri next door and, you know, Walker's and the record store. And there's a lot of people. Barrel there. House. Barrel love, House. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to go on and on. So great neighbors. Um, but. Again, it's it's great to be in the uh, you know in that area you know where you know it's you can feel the electricity and back to that that energy. So we want to keep that energy going with Campbell's. Do you have a favorite New Orleans bakery, a childhood bakery, whether it was in New Orleans or not, that you sort of grew up going to and remember the smells and the sights and the joy of of being young and walking into a bakery? It's funny because my all my childhood memories, um, I was you know they're they're not bakeries, um, but my memories are like eating blue crab in a fluorescent lit dive, you know, with my dad or having like smoky barbecue in Kentucky where back in the day when you could still smoke in restaurants and, you know, <laughs> we would sneak there cause my mom, you know, would, would be mad if I went there as a kid. Um, but I think, you know, I, I, when I go to new Orleans now, I love the, uh, the croissant croissant door in the, in the French quarter. Yeah. Um, again, it's that, that, that lived in feel, you know, and, uh, just, it just feels like an escape. Carol, you have favorite bakeries in your travels, places that you frequent? You know, I, I love the bakery culture mm -hmm. of France. You know, every little town has multiple bakeries. You know, walking in, you get the smell of the croissants hitting you in the morning. I mean, I think that that type of culture is so special, and I hope that they hold on to it. Yeah. You know, for a long time. But actually, you know, my, my bakery tradition is Campbell's, so I couldn't be more thrilled. You're in the right place at the right time. All right, Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from listeners just like you, and we thank you. Our show was produced by Java Chapman for my co-host, Carol Palmer, our guests, Janet Wagner and Damian Kavicki. I am Malcolm White, and we ask if you join us each and every Monday for more Deep South Dining, heard only on MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.